Gospel of Matthew chapter 15, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 15, verse 20. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. I want to preach on this uh, message this morning. Uh, didn't get to where I wanted to get, uh, but I'm going to get there this time. And I uh, pray this will be a blessing to you, the cry of the unworthy, the cry of the unworthy. Uh, why don't you lay your Bibles down and... Uh, close your eyes and lift up your hands and let's ask the Lord to do exactly what he wants to do Lord I thank you for this wonderful church this faithful people let your spirit descend upon us in a special way it's not by might nor by power but it's only by your spirit we're nothing without you we humble ourselves before you for you are God alone and let you be exalted in this house in Jesus name amen can you clap your hands to the Lord can you clap those hands a little bit louder with expectation come on if you got a hallelujah in you let a hallelujah out hallelujah uh. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. yes. Jesus, throughout his ministry, he was so endued with the spirit that he would go anywhere that there was a need. Anywhere. It didn't matter if it was... In Samaria, the woman at the well, it didn't matter if it was Nicodemus reaching and talking to him by night. It didn't matter. Uh, whatever the context was, he would teach on on the beach. Amen. He, he would, the crowds were so great, he had to sit in a boat to teach people that were listening to him on the shore he was willing to meet needs wherever the need was there was nothing too dirty uh, there was nothing too bad there was nothing too uncomfortable that he would meet the need as a matter of fact he didn't even uh, hesitate when somebody ripped the roof off and laid somebody down at his feet and he says, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Amen. He didn't even pass up. He just kept teaching when they split open the roof. Come on. God knows how to move in uncomfortable situations. He knows how to move in chaotic situations. 
and he knows how to get glory in the middle of chaos in the middle of despair in the middle of suffering it's not too hard it's not too bad there's no trial too great God can still get glory right in the middle of a storm right in the middle amen amen he does his greatest works in peculiar uh places he it doesn't have to be perfect for god to get glory doesn't have to fit uh what you and i would deem comfortable and perfect for him to get glory out of it he'll do what he wants when he wants come on somebody he'll do an illustration in the sand come on somebody if he'll use sand to make an illustration he'll use dust to make an illustration come on somebody he'll use you to make an illustration of his mercy of his grace of his glory of his power amen he he thrives in peculiar places when he wanted to manifest himself in the flesh notice he didn't do it during the reign of david or the reign of solomon he did it when rome was over the people uh, i said he did his greatest work while the people were in bondage help me holy ghost what a time for god to do his greatest work for him to manifest himself in the flesh he did it when there was a census come on somebody and he did it when the people were forced to go home and stay there because of the census does that sound familiar to anybody there's a census in 2020 we were forced to stay home for a few weeks because of that pandemic god's like i get glory in places like that i get glory in the places that you don't think I can get glory out of amen 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 he gets glory out of it he just gets glory in peculiar places he just uh, when he manifests himself in the flesh he he's born in, 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 in a in a cattle trough he's laid in a cattle trough a manger amen born not no room for the, him in the end so he is born and laid in a cattle trough a, a manger now, 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 now that's not a pretty spot hello uh, as a matter of fact cattle troughs uh carnell university did a study and they were trying to figure out why these cows were dying. Hundreds and hundreds of cows were getting diseased and many of them dying. And they were trying to figure out what is the source of this disease and death. And what they studied and found out was that the source of death was the cattle trough. Because the cattle trough is a place that is prone to disease, particularly E. coli. And E. coli, when a manger is left over time, E. coli begins to be born. And as these cows would come and drink out of this cattle trough and eat out of this cattle trough, they were getting diseased and sickly and dying. And it's interesting that E. coli spreads when the infected individual touches another. Hello? But God said, I want to lay my glory down 
in that spot and the same spot that death happened is the same place that life is going to happen in the same place that the disease spread is the same place that the gospel's going to I said this could be a year of life for you. This could be a year of hope for you. This could be a year of increase for you right in the middle of it. Because he gets glory. Amen. Amen. He, he just gets glory out of anything. He'll, He'll get glory out of a jawbone. Y'all not hearing me. Picked up a jawbone and killed hundreds of people with the jawbone. He'll get glory. He'll get glory out of a water pot and just turn the water into wine. Y'all not hearing me here. He'll get glory out of a donkey. He'll get glory out of anything that he puts his hands on. Anything that God touches, he can heal. Anything that God touches, he can change. And when you're in the presence of God, like you are this morning you are in the right place amen amen he and he he goes anywhere any everywhere but particularly he comes in this text he comes to Tyre and Sidon Tyre and Sidon was a place that Jews really didn't like to travel. Tyre and Sidon, it was prophesied by the prophets that it would be a, that it was a place of judgment that God would come and judge Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon is the place that Jezebel came out of. And those Jews hated Jezebel with the passion because she would kill and torment and persecute the prophets. It was a low time in the nation of Israel when Ahab and Jezebel reigned and Jezebel came out of Tyre and Sidon her father was the was the king of the Zidonians every Jew understood that judgment was coming on Tyre and Sidon even Jesus understood it and talked about judgment on Tyre and Sidon Matthew eleven twenty one. he said it this way woe unto thee Chorazin woe unto thee Bethlehem for if the mighty works which were done in you uh, had been done in Tyre and Sidon uh, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes uh, but I say unto you it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon uh, at the day of judgment than for you uh, everyone understood uh, that judgment was coming on Tyre and Sidon uh, yet Jesus came to visit this place of judgment uh, and when the woman heard that Jesus was in the vicinity although she knew she was unworthy although she knew she didn't deserve anything from God although she understood that she felt defined by her mistakes and her failures of the past when she heard that he was in the vicinity she came out of her come on somebody she came out of her condemnation she came out of her unworthiness she came out of her judgment and said, I need a miracle. 
And the very fact that you're here means that I can get it. When you're in a church service like this and you feel in here that Jesus is in the midst of it. And you look across the crowd and you see people crying. That is an invitation for you to go after him. Because if he's there, come on, that means he can come right where you are. If you would get desperate and hunger for him to do something. This woman, she came from a place of judgment here in Sidon. She was not qualified for her miracle. She was unqualified. She was a Gentile woman. She was a woman that felt like she didn't deserve anything with all her history, with all of her mess ups. This was a woman that came from a rough background. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. And she had no guarantee that God would do anything for her. And this woman felt so unworthy she never uh, came to God for herself. There are people uh, that refuse to come to God, lift up their hands and shout and dance uh, because they look at their history, they look at their background uh, they look at their failures they look at their inadequacies uh, and they say I'm not even going to lift up my voice because uh, I don't think that God's going to hear me uh, with all of my imperfections uh, and with all of my inadequacies uh, this woman she never approached God for herself and there's some of y'all that you're scared to lift up your voice scared that God might come down and judge you because of all of your iniquities and failures there are people here that have refused to lift up their voice and lift up their hands because you look at your unworthiness and you feel unworthy even being in the house like God could do a miracle for everybody else but you because when you look at yourself in the mirror you don't see anything good in your life so you don't feel like you're qualified and this woman came from a place where nothing great happened where judgment was coming where judgment was on his way and she accepted the inevitable that judgment was coming to her but when the devil started messing with her daughter that's where the woman said you fought me I could handle that but now you're messing with my family and when you mess with my family I'm gonna come with the cry I'm gonna come with the shout I'm gonna come with the pursuit Uh, help me Holy Ghost she said you know what I don't have the courage to shout for me but when I see my daughter's been backslid and when I see my son is on drugs and when I see the devil's been messing with my husband and with my wife now you're getting on the fighting side of me now I'm about to cry like I've never cried cause there's change Oh, somebody clap your hands for a moment. I need somebody to just lift up your voice for a moment. If you can't shout for you, shout for your daughter. If you can't shout for you, shout for your son. If Hallelujah. Hallelujah, this woman was always reactive to the devil. She was never the initiator of contact. Come on, somebody. She was always reactive. She rarely initiated. She was always reactive when the preacher said, lift up your hands, and she did. When the preacher said, go ahead and run, 
and she did but when oh help me Holy Ghost she was under such an attack in her family nobody had to give her an invitation to go after God I'm going to lift up my hands whether you ask me to or not because I am desperate for a miracle I am desperate for a touch I am desperate for it and if jumping works I'll go ahead and jump and if and if screaming works I'll go ahead and scream and if running works I'll go ahead and run hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. She she looked at herself and said, Now I don't deserve much. But when I see my daughter suffering with depression like I did when I was her age, now devil, you in trouble. When I see my son struggling with relationships like I did, when I see my family struggling with addictions the same way that my father did, oh devil, you don't messed up now. Because I accepted judgment coming my way, but I refuse to accept judgment coming to my kids way so I will stand in the gap with the cry and I will plead the blood of Jesus with everything in me and I'm about to worship like I've never worshipped because they're innocent I'm not come on somebody and I will do whatever it takes to protect innocence oh Lord Oh, she says she too young. She too young to be going through that. I didn't get, get, go through that until I was in my twenties and thirties and forties. But I'm looking at my fifteen-year-old, and she's battling with stuff that that no, it's too early for that. Oh Lord, oh Lord. Then I feel hopeless, but I refuse to allow my child to feel hopeless. Come on, somebody. And I've did stuff, but they haven't done anything to deserve being vexed by the devil in this capacity. Oh, Lord. Encountering stuff in this world that I never encountered in my own life. And the devil just keeps on encroaching. She would go to a church service come to a church service and would leave the same way that she came because she didn't feel like she, she deserved anything. But when she got home after a Sunday morning service and she walked in and saw her daughter foaming at the mouth. Walked in and saw her daughter posting on social media about how she's so depressed. Oh, Lord, talking about how she doesn't want to live. Oh, Lord, walking in and she's on the floor because of a hangover. She's so, so drunk. She doesn't even know where she is. Walking on the floor, seeing needles all up in her arm. Oh, God, I may not accept change for me, but something has to change for her. So I'm going to go back to the building and I'm about to get radical and the devil's about to see me do something. 
Oh, hallelujah. She cried out. She said, Lord, have mercy. I know I deserve judgment, but I'm asking for mercy. Mercy is when God withholds judgment. She said, I know I deserve judgment, but I'm asking for you to withhold judgment because I'm coming to you not on my behalf. I'm coming to you for my daughter. And if you have mercy on me, maybe there'll be mercy for my daughter as well. She felt unworthy, but the devil pushed her into overlooking her inadequacy. She just began to cry. Jesus! I never had the courage to really shout like that. Come on, somebody. Never had the courage to really get into his presence like that. But the devil has forced me to this point. Because I realize if I keep my mouth shut, he's just going to keep taking territory. Realize if I keep my mouth shut, he's going to keep on messing with my money. He's going to keep on messing with my marriage. He's going to keep on messing with my ministry. He's going to keep on messing with my family. So when I shout, I'm drawing a line in the sand. He said, you better not come across there. All hell's going to break loose again. Somebody needs to put a line in the sand with their worship and say, not here, not now, not anymore. This is enough. <laughs> when you get desperate like that, the devil knows he's in trouble. Because he tried to get you to accept the inevitable. Ooh. But when he started coming against everything that you held dear, he said, I can't accept the inevitable. I need Jesus to intervene in the middle of this. And I'm going to ask him for mercy. And after summing up the courage to cry in the middle of her unworthiness, in verse 23, the Bible says, but he answered her not a word. Oh, that's one of the toughest challenges in Christianity. Well, you summed up all the courage to get his attention. And he, you are met with silence. The preacher told me, shout then things are going to change. He told me to shout and Jesus would come in and inhabit my praise. But when I shouted and finally overcame my timid nature, when I shouted and finally overcame my shyness, when I shouted and finally overcame my low self-esteem, I thought God would be waiting to just immediately do it. But instead, I still don't hear anything. Now it's tough when you're distant from God and he doesn't say nothing. But when you come in his vicinity, 
everything in you to get to church. Come on. And still won't talk. What starts happening is, it's like you start looking at yourself saying, what's wrong with me? But God's silence doesn't mean he's disappointed. It means that he's giving you an invitation to be desperate. He said, I'm going to do it. I just want to know how bad you want it. Oh, I do want to do it, but I want to see if you can be faithful when it seems like I'm not doing it. Because it's in silence where God is working behind the scenes. It's in silence that he's doing some things. He's working hard behind the scenes, setting some things up. And there's too many people that get discouraged. And they say, okay, my shout didn't work. I'm going to just go home and give up on this Christianity. But if you will stay in his presence and say, God, you may be silent but I still need you there's going to be a miracle there's going to be an anointing <laughs> I told them this morning that, that at the beginning of Jesus ministry the voice from heaven yelled and said I'm pleased this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased at the peak of his ministry on the Mount of Transfiguration, the voice from heaven again said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But on the cross, there was no voice. At the beginning of his ministry, there's a voice. At the peak of his ministry, there's a voice. But when he's on the cross, bleeding. Blood on his brow. Blood coming down his arms can't breathe feels forsaken there's silence right before the resurrection God's voice is silent and you feel forsaken right before the turnaround comes Silence is not a step back. Silence is a step forward. It means you're taking. It means you're taking territory. Come on, somebody. Met with silence. Cried out. He's just silent. You lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Silence. You come and pray. Silence. Some people get discouraged and say, you know what, I won't try that again because I still didn't get his voice. But God is saying, no, don't you give up there. Because I just want to see if you're desperate enough to still pursue me when you don't hear me. He answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her 
away. It's amazing when people don't understand the depth of your pain. They say, send her away. Because when they, they interpret silence as God ain't going to do it. When, when they saw Jesus not say anything, they said, man, send her away. Said, send, send her away. She, she too messed up. With her history, uh, send her out of the doors. They can't relate to her type of pain. The closest the devil came to their house, help me, Holy Ghost. The closest that the enemy got to them was Peter's mother-in-law that had a fever. No other disciple had their family touched. So they looked at her pain and said, what's wrong with you? They couldn't relate. Come on, somebody. Because they never been through nothing. Come on. They don't understand what it feels like to crawl into church, pain in your body, and still lift up a hand to praise the Lord. And they interpret your pain by what they've gone through and not what you're going through. Come on, man. It's not that bad. Come on, get up. Come on, come on. So you don't understand what I'm dealing with. You don't understand. It took me everything in here to cry. Because I, because matter of fact, because I was abused by family and for over a decade, I never shed a tear. I learned to keep my emotions to myself. And try to be strong on somebody. And it took everything in me to walk in on a Sunday morning. And for the first time in over a decade, a tear came down. And it may not look like a lot to you. But that's my sign that God is working on me. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I said, send her away. Now look at the pride of the next phrase of the verse. Send her away for she crieth after us. Ooh, boy. That's some pride in that text. Send her away for she's crying after us. And she looked at him like, I didn't come through all this hell for you. I came for Jesus. And you may not accept me, but he accepts me. So I'm not going to let 
bitterness keep me out of his presence. I'm not going to let unforgiveness keep me out of his presence. I didn't come to please you. I came to get in the throne of God. I came to get in the... Come on, you got to make up your mind. Ain't nothing going to stop me from... Ain't nothing going to keep me uh, from the presence of God. Nobody can make me leave the church. Nobody can make me leave his presence. You can hit me. You can punch me. You can speak that. No, no, no. I'm here for his presence. I'm here for his glory. Come on, somebody. Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, look, man, I ain't even come here for you yet. <laughs> Woo. Your, your, your miracle is coming next Sunday. Uh, I got a miracle for you on the calendar next month. Got a miracle on the calendar for you in 2021. You know how bad 2020 been. (laughs) I got it on the calendar for you later. I'm meeting some other needs right now. Verse 25, then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Notice the progression in her desperation. In the beginning, she cried. But when she was rejected, she worshipped. If my cry isn't getting what I want, I'm about to take it to another level. I'm about to get into a depth of worship where you cannot ignore me. Lord, help! That's where that progression is supposed to grow. When you cry and you don't get your answer and you're met with silence. And when you're met with rejection. Don't go back to tearing side on and complain that God wasn't willing to do it. No, you just stay in his presence. And you take your worship to another level. You begin to lift up your hands like you've never lifted up your hands. And you begin to get God's attention in the middle of your affliction. He said, okay, crying didn't work. I'll do worship. I'm going to lay myself. Worship literally means to be prostrate in his presence. Say, I ain't even got an ounce of pride left in me. I, I, oh Lord, I thought I could do it by myself. I won the Miss Independent Award. 
I bragged about being independent. I told everybody I could do bad by myself. But you know what? After this type of hell that I've been through, I ain't got no more pride. I'm just going to bow down in your presence. I just need you to do, come on somebody. Some of you got to take the pride out of your life and say, you know what? I need a miracle. And if my pride is standing in between me and my daughter getting healed, pride, you have to go because I need an answer. Amen. Now, she came in worship and saying, Lord, help me. Verse 26, but he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Oh, Lord. Ooh. You said dog in 2020? Uh, come on, this is the time that you got to walk around your tiptoes around everybody. Jesus said, no, you're a dog. When she had an opportunity to be offended. Because oh, uh, other people would look and say, now that's a legitimate reason to quit. He said, hey, you can call me what you want. I'm still here. And I've survived the offense. I've survived the silence. I've survived the bitterness. I've survived the rejection. And nothing is going to keep me from the presence of God. I made up in my mind a long time ago. Here it is. She said, said look, look, it's not meat for me to take children's bread cast it to dogs look at her response in verse 27 and she said truth truth Lord you know what she was saying I am a dog she said I am a dog, but I've discovered the power of acknowledging my inadequacy because my miracle isn't based on me and my imperfection. My miracle is based on you and your perfection. My miracle isn't based on me because I'm not enough. My miracle is based on you because you're more than enough. My miracle isn't based on me and my unworthiness, but my miracle! She acknowledged her faults oh lord 
And there's people that like to live in denial because if, if they act like the trouble, the trial, the pain, the suffering, the mistake never happened, they feel like I'll be received. But she just walked into those double doors and said, look, I'm not much. I, I am a dog. I acknowledge that I'm not everything I need to be. But it's not keeping me from getting a miracle from you. Because you're merciful. She said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. I ain't even asking for the bread, just a little crumb. And you know, when she acknowledged everything wrong with her, and at the same time acknowledged everything right with him, the next verse says, he said, that's what I call great faith. It takes great faith to acknowledge everything wrong with you, but still come into his presence and say, God, you can do a miracle. God, you can work on my behalf. God, you could do something special in me. That takes great faith. You don't have to act like everything's perfect in your life for God to do a work for you and your family. You can acknowledge, God, I, I've fallen short of some things that you want me to be, but I'm not going to get discouraged and, and, and backslide. I'm not going to get discouraged and stop pursuing you. But you know what? I'm believing that you can still do something in my life and all of my weaknesses and all of my failures and everything that's wrong with me. I acknowledge it, but I acknowledge that you're a merciful God. I acknowledge that you're still Jehovah Jireh. I acknowledge that you're still Jehovah Raphna. I acknowledge that you're still my God. And the Bible says that her daughter was made whole that very hour. Well, she decided to come to grips. See, some of y'all don't like looking at yourself in the mirror because you just get even more condemned. But she saw something about the Messiah's love that was unconditional that she couldn't earn and she began to pull on that side of him and although the miracle wouldn't come to the Gentiles till much later wouldn't come until Cornelius' house in Acts 9 Jesus reached into the book of Acts and brought her a miracle right in the gospels he reached years into the future. And he brought it into her present. What has been hanging over your life that God's been wanting to do next year, two years, five years from now, but he's just waiting on you to get desperate and hungry enough for him to just give it to you right now in the middle of a Sunday morning just like this. Come on, somebody. Maybe your family was supposed to come to God in five years, but if you can just get into his presence, he can make it this year. He can make it. Come on, somebody. If we can get desperate enough.
Everybody stand, everybody stand and clap your hands for a moment. I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh! Hallelujah. 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 She said, I'm unworthy, but I'm still going to cry. I'm unworthy, but I'm still going to worship. I'm unworthy, but I'm still going to acknowledge everything. Yes, I'm not enough. But at the same time, I acknowledge that you're willing and that you're able. And that is the key to getting a miracle from the Lord. Can I tell you right now that God is waiting on somebody to drop the facade. Stop acting like, come on somebody, stop acting like uh, there's nothing wrong. We all, God knows, you know, and the devil knows that something's wrong in your spirit. But if you can get honest in his presence if you can get vulnerable in his presence if you cannot worry about the person beside you behind you in front of you and say you know what I'm gonna lift up my hands and I'm just going to get into his presence because I believe that he can do something on my behalf he can break this depression off of my life he can break this anxiety off of my life he can break this fear off of my life he can do it for me oh in the name of Jesus come on lift up your hands for a moment I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to move oh hallelujah come on somebody get desperate his love is wanting to make a change in your life right now come on somebody get desperate Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, you can come to the front with those hands lifted. Somebody needs to step out of their seat and come to the front. You may feel unworthy, but come on up here. There's room up here. You can come to the front and pray. You can pray in your seats if you would like. But I want you to come to the front or pray in your seat and just lift up those hands where you are. And somebody needs to cry out because I feel the love of God beginning to descend in this auditorium. I feel the love of God beginning to push somebody into a desperation. He does want to do it. Your daughter is going to come home. Your son is going to come back. He's just waiting on somebody to have the audacity to pursue him in the middle of unworthiness. To pursue him in the middle of silence. To pursue him in the middle of weakness. Oh, lo, 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 boho, shata. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, lo, 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 boho, shata, la, 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 boko, taya. He, lo, 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 ho, shata. Oh, lo, 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 boho, shata. Oh, lo, lo, boho, shata. Come on, lift up those hands where you are. I just feel the weight of his glory falling in this house. Ooh, somebody's getting encouraged by the hand of the Lord. Oh, somebody's getting a touch from the Lord right now. 
Somebody's getting ministered to right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Let me tell you something. I'm telling you, the Lord, the Lord just spoke to me. He said, Victor, there are people here that have been wanting to get baptized in my name. But they have felt so unworthy and so guilty that it's prevented them from taking that next step. God wants to put his name upon you so bad that when you get baptized in his name, let me tell you something, every sin, every mistake, every failure, every stain will come be, be completely washed away in his blood and when you come up out of that water you're gonna come up as a new creature in Christ Jesus and he's not even going to remember you are from tear inside on he's just saying can you just give me an opportunity to walk, wash it away he said, my name is the only thing that can wash it away. He said, can you just give me an opportunity to wash it away? He said, you've been holding on to that guilt and those mistakes so long for yourself. He said, can you just allow me by my blood to wash it away in the waters of baptism? When you get baptized in the name of Jesus, we have robes for you. When you get baptized, I'm telling you, hear me as a man of God. Every, your past won't follow you out of that water. The old you's gonna be buried forever. You're gonna come up with the joy in your spirit that you've never had before. There are people here, there are families here that have been wrestling with that decision for months and weeks. And you've been trying to get good enough to get baptized. Say, so, well, Brother Jackson, let me just take care of this. Let me take care of all these things in my life before, before I take on the name of Jesus. He said, that's not how it works. You don't have that power within yourself. He said, it's only by my name. It's only by my blood that you can become a son and a daughter of the living God. He said, just let me work. There's people next to you that are ready to be baptized. I want you to ask the person next to you, have you been baptized? Come on, ask the person next to you from the front to the back. Have you been baptized? Ask them, how are you baptized? If they say, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, tell them the only way to get baptized is in the name of Jesus. It's the only name that can wash your sins away.
If they said, if they said no, or they don't remember how they were baptized, tell them it's time to get baptized today. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to come on this platform. I want to rejoice with you. We're going to celebrate with you. Can you clap your hands for this wonderful child and this wonderful family? There's more. We're just going to rejoice with you. God's hand is on them. There's a special touch on your life. We're going to pray over you. We got robes. Whatever you don't want to get wet, we have robes for you. We're going we're gonna to talk you through even more scriptures, but I'm telling you, some people are saying, wait, wait, but I'm from Tyre and Sidon. I, I'm not, I don't deserve this. Can I tell you? God wants to do a work in your life and stop trying to earn it and let his name do a work for you. There's more people. There's more people. Can somebody show them where the robes are? Brother Jerry, maybe. Somebody show them where the robes are. Let's stretch your hands forth. Can you stretch your hands forth to this wonderful family? I just want to pray the blessing on them. Lord Jesus, they're going to take on your name. All their sins are going to be washed away. Let the power of God, let the anointing of God be on their lives. Let them walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. I speak the blessing of God over them in the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. He's going to take them. There's more. There's more. The Lord's speaking to me. There's more. There's more. If you were baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, did you know not one person in the Bible was ever baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? Did you know that? Not one person. Not one person. Acts 2.38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. Acts 8.16, For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Galatians 3.27, For they that have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When he said, Matthew 28, 19, go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. People try to obey that and say, okay, and I'll baptize you in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But he said, go baptize them in the name, the singular name of the Father. What's the name of the Father? Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name. He said, the Father dwells in me and he does the works. Jesus is the name of the Father. What's the name of the Son? The angel said, you shall have a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus, what's the name of the Holy Ghost? Jesus said, I will send the comforter to comfort you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Holy Ghost is also known as the Spirit of Christ. When you take on that name, see, I don't want a single person in here to walk out of these doors with guilt mm. and condemnation. It can be washed away in a moment. I promise you. I promise you. There's more. Come on up here. We're just going to rejoice with you. If you're... We'll honor social distancing. We'll, we'll honor that. We'll do, we'll do that. But there's more people. You could either come up to the front or you could come up on this platform. There's more. Some people are saying, saying to themselves, Brother Jackson, 
please don't mention baptism again because if you mention it one more time I'm going to get baptized I'm going to say it again unless a man is born again of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God baptism is for our salvation we need it you need it there's more some people are like well I'm just warming up I'm just warming up to it. Hey, today is the day of salvation. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, are you sure? Are you sure? Tell them, it's time. Tell them, it's time. It's time to get baptized. Look, there's some people looking around like, God's like, no, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Can you join with somebody near you? Can you join hands with somebody close to you? Join hands with a family member? Can you lift it up to the sky? They're about to sing in a moment. People are going to get baptized. The power of God is in this place. If you repented of your sins, the Holy Ghost is about to descend in this place. Mercy is about to descend in this place. Come on, let's get our hearts ready for the presence of God to fall. Somebody... Tell the Lord, I want your presence, God. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my failures. I'm sorry for things that I've done. But God, I'm desperate for your presence. I'm sorry for mistakes I've made. I'm sorry for lies that I've told. But God, I'm desperate for your presence. And I acknowledge that I'm not perfect, God. But I need your spirit to come down in my heart and in my mind and in my soul and do something special in me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ oh hallelujah oh hallelujah I'm about to pray for God's mercy to fall on you I'm about to pray for God's anointing to fall on you I'm about to pray for God's spirit to fall on you and when I'm done I'm going to shout hallelujah and when I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout hallelujah. And when you shout it, I want you gonna feel to speak in something you don't understand. That is the Holy Ghost. You just let it out. That's the mercy of God beginning to flow out of you. That's the turnaround beginning to flow out of you. When I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout it and let the tongues begin to flow out of your spirit. Lord Jesus, by the authority that is in the word of God. Amen by the power that is in the name of Jesus I command your people now to receive the mercy of God I command your people now to receive the love of God and the grace of God in the name of Jesus Christ receive the Holy Ghost now hallelujah <laughs> 